0: probably
1: busy she has a lot of stories right now
0: i know she do do wow
2: shannon you're on your phone during the podcast i would never
0: do the intro not don't do the intro do am i not supposed to do the intro not the not you are having a
2: fight this is crazy
0: you know the intro you're doing drama fighting again (laughs) hashtag first fight Hashtag, I love him. Hashtag, I want to kiss his dad. Hashtag, first
2: fight. Hashtag, I hate him.
0: Hashtag, I want
2: to kiss his dad. Yeah. <laughs> this is Waiting for Seconds, the interview podcast where we ask people who they are and why they are. I'm Malcolm Outkelton, and I'm here with Shannon Miller. And today Hi. we'll be talking with MC. Go ahead and introduce yourself, please.
1: Hi. Well, I'm MC. I recently moved to Washington like two years ago. Uh, I have two cats, Sushi and Azuki, and I currently work at a beauty store. trying to figure out what I want to do with life still.
0: That's mm-hmm. totally fair. I, I'm still trying to figure out what to do with life. Malcolm Eat. keeps me locked in a box most of the time. And he says, stay. Oh. <laughs> Go outside. You can't do Fe- anything. Feeds me eggs, shells, and coffee It's grounds. good for your health. Egg We've agreed on or, this. Or coffee grounds.
2: Well... You know, sometimes both. When I run out of uh, eggshells, you get coffee grounds.
0: I know, and they're used, so at least I still get water.
1: (laughs) Not the used coffee grounds. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. But tell us about your your cats. You said sushi and what was the other one? Oh, azuki. Uh, Azuki?
1: Yeah, like the red bean.
0: Azuki. Oh, uh uh-huh. Yeah. Azuki.
1: Azuki. 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 It's like a. You can mush oh. it into a red bean paste and it's like. Sweet.
0: Oh. Is that like what they use for. Mochi? stuff in Japan? Mochi? Yeah. Mochi? You put, yeah. you
1: put them inside mochi and then you eat it and it's really good. I like Azuki. We call her. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell about your cats. Oh, um, I, we call Azuki Zucchini, though, just because that's her, like, little nickname. Azuki rarely... long
2: for Zucchini.
1: It, Azuki short.
2: Mmm. Short <laughs> for. Can it go zucchini. both ways?
1: Yeah.
0: No. No, Zucchini is too long.
1: We call yeah. her Zucchini, Zubini, Zamboni, Zublablos. <laughs> There's so
0: many
3: different Zamboni. <laughs>
0: names. <laughs> Zamboni is such a good name for a cat. Hey, Zamboni! 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 Zamboni!
1: Those two cats came with me uh, from Maui, actually. So when I moved here to Washington, we brought them on the plane. We actually had three cats with us, but one kind of sadly passed away. It was a very hectic move. where it was very sudden, where my mom was... The whole reason why we moved to Washington in the first place was because my mom got a job offer at a Costco, because she works at Costco, and uh, they wanted her to move kind of immediately. So right back, like after we came back from visiting Washington, we immediately Mm. started to pack. And...
2: What island were you on?
1: I was on Maui.
2: So. Oh.
0: Were, you also, were you in the town? Did you grow up in the town that uh, caught on fire? Lahaina?
1: Oh, I, I didn't, but it is kind of sad because like one of the photos I have with uh, my sister and my stepdad taken like when we were kids, it was back on a beach in Lahaina.
0: Oh, it's it, Lahaina. Sorry.
1: Yeah. No, you're all good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been to that uh, county. I guess you would say that County I've like, it's not that far. It's like maybe like a 40 minute drive. Mm. So Mm. yeah, pretty close. So how,
0: how are you liking it up, up in the Pacific Northwest?
1: It's interesting. I get a lot of people asking when they like realize that I'm from Maui where they're like, Oh, why'd you move here? Like, why would you want to see all four seasons and all that? And I'm like, well being stuck in summer, like your whole life since I kind of grew up in Maui since I was like four years old until I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. You kinda get tired of summer all day long.
2: That's fair.
1: So,
0: I imagine you kinda like the fall weather up Oh, up here. the
1: fall weather is so wonderful. I'm I love winter, I love cold. But I don't like driving in the snow. Driving in the snow is absolutely terrifying, but I love cold weather
0: i i get it i mean up 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 here in idaho it's it's always snowy like we get six months out of the year of like pure winter it feels like wow so uh i didn't actually say how i how i know you uh we have a uh a mutual friend uh i will probably try and get her on the podcast eventually Pobis Pobis uh I'll probably no, sorry, I'm goofing it up. I went to school with our friend Pobis uh and auburn uh she was only there for like a semester, and then uh she moved back to Maui i wanna say i don't I don't know how all the history lines up but after I graduated high school I messaged her on Discord because we had shared discords at some time or another and then started playing Minecraft together. Uh in the winter it was just like cold, couldn't go out. And that's how I met MC. Uh met on a Minecraft server that they had with their friends and then played like League and oh, that's yeah. how that's how I got introduced to League was from you guys. We had oh, our yeah. own little friend group that played games.
1: Yeah, now, now it's all gone.
0: <laughs> it's not gone. We're just adults. Ooh, <laughs> The
1: Ugh.
2: Jobs. Uh. So gross.
1: What do you mean? You got um, no time to play with the boys?
0: <laughs> I barely have time to play with the boys. To be <laughs> honest, I'm working like half the year.
3: Feels yeah. like.
2: I mean, yeah. Approximately.
0: Yeah. But, generally, how are you liking it different uh, up here versus out in Maui?
1: Um, I will say, like, there are certain instances of, like, kind of thinking about... I compare Maui and Washington a lot, where I'm like, wow, the people here are really something else. Yeah. (laughs) In Maui, I guess people were kinder not to say like people in washington are always rude it's just that there's a different kind of vibe from not to sound racist but from white folk over here
0: no no it's it's completely valid i mean i grew up in washington most of my life and when when you get into like like city areas like seattle and spokane and bremerton and uh, it's it's hit or miss, honestly. You can you can meet some really cool people, and you can meet some really not cool people.
1: I guess I'm also kind of shocked about like white people in general. <laughs> not to be like oh, but uh, in Hawaii it, there were a lot of just different races, and sure. I don't really see a lot of that here. Like I see every now and then, but people get I have like this downstairs neighbor who she talks about how she went to visit Canada recently and how she was shocked at how there were different people of different cultures there. And my whole family, like, listened to her and we kind of just sat there, not really like shocked about it because that was like a norm in Hawaii where everyone was just so open to different cultures and all that compared to Washington, where people just tend to stick to what they know in a way. Ah, no, I
0: can agree with that. Yeah.
1: I get it a lot because um, I uh, work at a beauty store. I work Mm -hmm. at Sally's Beauty, so I get a lot of uh, women in there, of course. Uh, And we get rude customers every now and then talking about how Like, especially for curly hair, how they always assume that all curly hair products are for black people or black women and all that. So then when they come in to look for hair products for white women, curly hair, they're like, do you guys sell products for white women? And I'm like, I don't think there's really a race to products. That's not really a thing in a way.
3: Yeah. Uh Uh-huh.
1: So, I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to see how, like, different people think around here. And in Hawaii, too, a lot of people are very, like, family-based, I will say. Uh, I, there are very rare times in Hawaii where I've known people who kind of live out of their parents' house, like, who are independent in that way. A lot of uh, students, because of the fact that It's so expensive in Hawaii that you just Mm -hmm. kind of live with your parents. Meanwhile, over here, everyone is moved out at the age of like 18, 19, like doing their own thing, which I find shocked, shocking. Also prices here. Prices are really weird too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, that is interesting that, that people generally just live with their parents over there, but it makes sense. I mean, the one time I was over there, it was like five, six bucks for a gallon of milk. Oh, yeah. It's still
1: like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Tourism economy, man. Mm hmm. That was also. Not great for locals.
0: That was also like a Wahoo, I want to say. Yeah. I I don't know. Uh, It was was just shocking.
1: Yeah. I was also kind of shocked when, like, when I first started living here. And how people were talking about how the gas prices are going up from, like, four (laughs) dollars to, like, six dollars. I was like, that, I was like, wait, four dollars is what you guys were getting in the beginning? (laughs) It wasn't six dollars already? Like, and the, the whole gallon of milk thing is so true. Like, two gallons of milk at Costco is, like, the cost of, like, a gallon back in Hawaii. So. Dang. and I'm a milk drinker, so seeing that, bones. yeah, seeing strong that bones. they were, it's cheaper over here. I was like, wow! But then everyone <laughs> is like, no, it's it's just expensive in Hawaii. It's cheap all around, or cheap, quote unquote,
3: mm-hmm.
0: cheaper for you, comparatively yeah. I mean, from, cheap, <laughs> yeah, yeah, from what you grew up with.
1: Yeah, I get a lot of, like, women coming into the store being like, oh my god, prices have gone up and all that. And I'm like, oh. You'd be surprised why Hawaii has.
0: Is it hard to get to know people up here?
1: Oh, uh, kind of. I am lucky that uh, a lot of the friends that I have made was from my previous job. My first job working or ever in Washington was I worked at Best Buy. Which is fine. Technology, I, I made a lot of like gamer dudes. Heck as friends. yeah! So then Represent. it's like an easy. It's an easy bond to make, but it, it was hard making girly friends though.
2: Our because. second Best Buy employee, which <laughs> is, it's not a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice.
0: <laughs> if I had a nickel for every. <laughs> interviewer that worked at Best Buy, I'd have two nickels.
1: It's not a lot, but it's surprised it happened twice.
2: Who was yeah. the other one? Uh Austin. It... Uh not your brother. Star right. Wars not... Encyclopedia.
0: Star Wars Encyclopedia, Austin. Gotcha. Oh. That's right. He did say that.
2: Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's a strange majority to have.
1: Yeah, I mean, then again, Best Buy is, like, always hiring,
2: and... That's fair.
0: Is it? Are they really? I always yeah. thought Best Buy had, like, a better customer, or, a uh, employee base.
1: Oh uh, kinda. I mean, when I applied, it was during, like, COVID, and mm. it, it was back when you had to do, like, an online interview, where you were given a question, and then a recording of you... Answering it had to be a thing. And I kind of told myself where I was like, dang, if I get this job, then, like, there must be something wrong with the workplace. And there (laughs) was... And I was right. There was. That's good (laughs) to know. Because in my, like, in my interview, uh, the first question, I was, like, all nervous. Because it was, like, online. And I'm like... And it was, like, saying how if you mess up, you can't... You just got to keep talking. You can't restart. So... I stuttered on my first question, and so then I was like, "Oh, like, wait, can I swear?" Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah I was like, swear. So I was like, trying to like talk about myself, and then I was like, "Oh fuck," and then I had, and then I just ended the <laughs> question right there, and then it moved on <laughs> to the next one. And you and got the job. I- I- yeah, and I got the job, and then it was a very interesting. I wasn't a sales floor person I just worked inventory so mm. I did like all the background uh, online orders pickup orders curbside pickups I was the one that was
2: doing all that stuff that sounds but, better than a front-facing job
1: oh yeah it has its like pros and cons um I was getting paid like minimum wage uh, but it, it kind of sucked during like when it started getting towards holiday season and they were hiring um you know new people for the holidays and they were getting paid like 17 Mm dollars for doing my and i was the one who was training them and i'm like this isn't right for me to be training them and i'm getting paid less than them especially for training when i'm not even told like i when i first started working there like a month after i was working They had already thrown a new guy at me to train. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing.
2: That's I mean, clearly they were at the bottom of the barrel if they don't hire someone and then don't teach them the job very well and then tell them to train. Yeah. That's rough.
1: But that was like how I made all like my friends and Sally's, now that I'm working at Sally's, I've been making a lot more of the girl friends, I guess you would Mm. say. In Best Buy, a lot of... not like There are women who work at Best Buy, I will say that. But a lot of them are older than me. They're like moms. They have like, you know, in a way, lives because I kind of just like showed up (laughs) to work and then I would go home, play video games, and then go to sleep. That's how I would (laughs) just do it. So I was like, okay, there's like more to... more than just working and playing video games but that's how i made a lot of my friends here so i didn't really struggle and people were actually more interested over the fact that i moved from maui because they're all like oh paradise like tell us about (laughs) it why would you want to move from there and i'm like it's not really paradise if you're living there for your whole life
2: yeah it's it's great as a vacation spot, and it's probably pretty good if you're really rich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And otherwise, milk costs double. And yeah.
0: Gas is gas. expensive. Uh uh-huh. yeah. huh. Yeah.
2: Well, since moving from Maui, have you, or I guess since moving from Maui and being on Maui, have you been traveling a lot?
1: I haven't, sadly. Um, mm. I've kind of been in idaho i guess but other than that i just haven't my on a like personal note i will say my it's been a hectic two years since we've moved here mm-hmm. uh, like right when we first moved uh it was just me and my mom while my stepdad and my sister were just cleaning the house because we were in a way renting that house from my stepdad's grandparents and they were gonna sell the house when we were moving. And that house was kind of all messy, so we needed to clean it. But then my mom Mm -hmm. also had to start her job in Washington. So I went with her and we brought two of our cats. And when we got to the airport here in Washington, And we got our cats. And I will say that this is a thing, like, lesson learned. To never put your animals in the airplane, like, bottom compartment, I guess you would say. Mm, Like, if you are going to take your animal on, like, an airplane, bring them into the cabin. Because, uh, turns out that, um, my cat, her name was Baklava. We called her Bagel, for sure. (laughs) Or Baba's. That's such
0: a good name. It really
2: is. (laughs)
1: um we called her babas for short um she ended up passing away the day after we had moved here
2: oh
0: i was worried that yeah
1: we were gonna have three cats here but she was our youngest and we had wished the like because they had to get rabies shots before they were able to come onto the plane and all that that on her checkup, they said that she was having heart murmurs and to get them checked out when we oh. got to Washington. But if we had just left her in Maui, she probably would have been fine.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh,
1: um, We could have made the choice of, like, having her take heart medication, but which would extend her life maybe to, like, four years. But then it would stress her out to even mm-hmm. try and take that medication, so my mom just went ahead and put her down. So that was, like, a hectic, like... First, it was, like, the second day of us being here in Washington. And then a couple weeks after that, my mom was having really bad back pain. So she went to a chiropractor, and he ended up breaking her back.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Because of the fact that, like, she went to the doctor afterwards. She was, like, working even with a broken back. And it turns out that she had cancer. So then it just even added more of that. So the first, like three months of moving here, it was just all that piled mm-hmm. on. Um, my mom's doing decent. She's she's still alive for if anyone wants to know that she's still alive. She's doing great. Good to know. Um, but my because of my mom's problem and like it's stage four in a way, so then it's like, oh, like any year could be her last year and mm. she recently, like a year ago, got rods put into her back because of it being broken uh Mm -hmm. that it's really hard for her to kind of sit for a really long time so then traveling is kind of out of the picture because she needs to like rest Mm -hmm. and like not be up because she wasn't going back to work for a little bit after she had the rods implanted in her back But then she had to go back to the hospital because uh, it turns out that the rods were slowly uh, crushing and she had small little fractures in her back from where the rods were placed. And the weight of her always being up on her feet at work were causing her back to kind of break again. So it's been kind of hectic, so we haven't really tried traveling,
2: really. I, sure, yeah. yeah, I can't no. imagine the stress.
0: I, I, yeah. Wow, <laughs>
2: completely understandable. Yeah. yeah, I honestly
0: feel like I haven't really talked to you in, in so long, so I didn't even know about this. Oh, huh. it's
1: all uh, right, cause like my mom just doesn't want things. Kind of like talked about in a way, like she doesn't Mm. want people to worry about it. So Mm. then it's like, okay, like if you're gonna tell anyone, just keep it kind of like in the family,
0: right?
2: But But, she's doing all right now, and yeah, that's the important part. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I always try and be like optimistic about it because I was like, yeah, like when she was first diagnosed, they like told her she had like six months, and it's been two years. So I like to just keep thinking that. Yeah. Rather than being so
3: negative, huh
2: Well, I have a couple of things I'd like to ask you, the first of which being uh did you travel before you moved?
1: uh yeah, actually, uh I had visited uh California to see some of my like the my mom's side of the family, and then after that trip, we had secretly snuck up to Washington to kind of check out the area before we had moved um sure. other than that uh before covid uh in the sc- um uh, my high school i was in their uh japanese class uh it was going to be my fourth year of japanese but covid happened and that got kind of shut down but i was also supposed to take a trip to japan before covid oh. happened for my graduation dang so. yeah covid sucked <laughs>
0: Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: So. If COVID wow. wasn't a thing, then
1: I would have been, had visited Japan and all that.
0: So, would would COVID have, uh, if COVID didn't happen, would you guys actually still moved up to Washington?
1: Honestly, um, I think we would have. Mm. I um we did. I think it was, it was when we visited. It was during um during COVID that we visited our family and all that. But it was kind of when the like restrictions were kind of lenient, right? Where it wasn't too serious. Like it was like after the first like big old surge of it during that kind of, like, peace time was when we had visited. But gotcha. m- My mom kind of, like, every now and then she talks about how she wished that we didn't move, but at the same time it's like, well, if we didn't move and you didn't get your back broken by a chiropractor we probably wouldn't have known anything about your condition. Mm, so then true. it's like, it's good in some instances and it's bad in others. Um I will say that also, the doctors here are really great too, because in Hawaii there is like probably nothing there. Really? I, the medical, I know there's been a lot of controversy with uh, the medical area in Hawaii, especially because of uh, living there back when COVID kind of first happened. There were no beds available for people with COVID. Uh, hospitals were immediately filled up to the brim. Specifically in Maui, I will say. So then, um, we only had like maybe two hospitals, three hospitals in Maui. And even then, they were understaffed. And a lot of the times where, like, if you had a specific condition, you would have to fly to Oahu, where they have even more quote-unquote medical areas or hospitals and stuff. So I will say, it. I think it would have been better for us to have moved to Washington Mm. and all. Even Mm. if I don't. I I only really miss my friends, but I'm kind of thankful for moving to Washington.
2: All things said, it's not terrible.
3: Yeah. It could be worse. Mm.
2: Yeah, for sure. That's true. And, uh... that's exactly the optimism that you were talking about earlier yeah uh and on that optimism and pessimism clearly you consider yourself to be more of an optimist Uh, i'd love to know okay a couple of kind of concepts um do you think that like stemmed from being raised in hawaii do you think that's just kind of an innate thing of you or do you think that's like, a parent taught you that, or anything like that?
1: I think it's honestly a kind of both. I'm kind of grateful that I kind of grew up with the parents that I have now, along mm. with that I lived in an area that was so, I guess, open-minded, but also very, like, familial, in a way. Mm. My... Mom had always been talking about wanting to move since, like, me and my sister were young. And uh, they, my parents always took into consideration a bunch of things. Uh, We were planning on moving to Colorado, but Colorado is also really expensive. She was uh, looking for places that were very LGBT-friendly because uh, she had known that I... Well, I came out to her in a way where I'm bisexual, so she wanted a place mm-hmm. where everyone could be welcoming mm-hmm. uh Washington was one of those places, but Hawaii also is you know lgbt friendly very welcoming, very loving and all that. so she wanted a place that you know would welcome me the same way as like her family did, how Hawaii mm-hmm. did and all that so um i've i think it's just a mixture of both that might because not everyone is so lucky to have like parents who are open-minded and will love you the way you are. So
0: mm.
1: I'm lucky to have that.
0: No, for sure. That's so surprising. You named the two places that Malcolm and I <laughs> kind of lived in. <laughs> That's so cool. But
2: yeah, you got the both of us in that one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'm Washington born and raised, and then Malcolm is Colorado. Colorado born and raised.
1: Born and raised.
0: I guess I wasn't born in Washington.
2: Uh, so you're just lying
0: to us now? Oklahoma represents <laughs> oh my God. for like 16 months.
1: I'm, I'm the same with the California because I was born in Cali. but No I, way. Yeah, but, but I barely remember anything because I moved there at a young age.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I I hardly remember anything from like below f- five.
1: Oh yeah. My mom's always like saying how she was like, Oh yeah, I took you and your sister to Florida when you guys were younger and I'm like, I have no recollection of that. <laughs>
0: Are you sure?
1: Yeah. Um my memory says no. <laughs>
2: My memory says nothing happened to me before the age of seven. Thank you very much.
1: I was not conscious before that. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally just an NPC.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It is weird how your brain or your memory, like, almost awakens at, like, yeah. seven, eight, or nine. Because I, I don't even remember most of, like, any of that. But, like, you almost, like, boot up.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, there have been things where people remember, like, straight from coming out of the womb. Like, they've That's been scary.
2: conscious. Yeah, it is.
1: yeah I, I wouldn't <laughs> want to be awake during that time. Right? Just be air, airplane mode on. Oh.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, let me just zone out. I have to think about this.
1: <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, but... can,
0: can we take a break? I need to go airplane mode for a
2: little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just stare off into space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and what we'll, uh, just.
2: just pop out of the womb and say that? <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I'm going to take a break.
0: Hey, Mom, can we take five? Sorry,
1: Mom. I'm <laughs> on the autopilot right now. Don't ask
0: me anything. Uh, uh, but so your your parents generally tend to be like an optimist and they almost like instilled that with you. Or like you were saying, uh, it's nice because of the familial aspect of, of Hawaii. Or or Mali
1: Yeah, um, my stepdad kind of was the one who he always wanted better things for me and my sister because we're yes we're his like step daughters and all but he we are his only kids. That's like what he said. Like he doesn't plan to have any more and all that. But he wanted us to have like a better start in life and to be more independent so that we can you know, handle ourselves. And he actually put the thought into my mom's mind because not saying my mom was, like, homophobic or anything, but she was kind of in that Christian mindset of, like, just man and woman. That's all. Mm. So my stepdad was the one who was like, but what if they just want to be happy with someone else? Kind of thing. Yeah. So I I would say, like, My, in a way, my stepdad had a lot of input of staying optimistic and, in a way, like following your dreams. I would say, of like, if you want to go for something, do it. He would always kind of tell me and my sister, like, if you want to do something, like, let me know if it costs money because I will support you just as long as you know you get to get something out of it. So, he always wanted us to keep. In mind that, not, like, you know, you can't do, ed- like, everything, but you can, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything.
0: What? To it. so. It's the optimistic mindset to have, so. Yeah. It makes sense.
1: That's
0: but... That's awesome. I mean, hats off, hats off to your stepdad.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: He's, yeah, real. he's it sounds like he's done a really good job. Yeah. Taking care of you and your family.
1: I don't want to sound con- like controversial, but like I said it to my son a couple of times, where it's like he's probably been more of a father figure than my dad has ever been, just because I don't, I barely remember my dad because he like left when I was like two years old, and mm. he tries his best to kind of stay in contact with me and my sister. Uh, we do have like half siblings from my s- dad's side, but mm. they're way older than me. Uh, I think the youngest of my half-siblings is, I think, 39. Oh, dang. Yeah, so it's a bit hard to kind of talk to them, or if I were to talk to them, because it's just a whole kind of age it's difference. A, it's
0: a generational gap, I mean. Yeah. I can't remember how old you are, but I it's like 20 or 25 years difference, which
1: mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. uh but my dad tries his best to kind of stay in contact in a way uh though like his other his like his kids don't really stay in contact with him which i feel like is a really shitty thing especially because he always he's kind of like my stepdad where he was like trying his best to support the kids Mm. but that's also what kind of caused the problem with my mom and him was the Mm. fact that he always put his kids over my mom and all that. And would put her down and all that, so you just gotta find that balance. Sure.
0: No. Makes sense.
2: It's all about balance. Mm -hmm. Like, that's come up a number of times in uh, many people, the way they talk about introvert versus extrovert, or uh, nature versus nurture. A lot of people it comes down to
3: balance. Which I didn't
0: go Sorry, on. go ahead. No, you go
2: ahead. I was just gonna say I'm not really surprised by it.
0: I didn't I didn't realize that you were uh or your mom mom was Christian. I didn't I didn't realize maybe that you grew up Christian. Are you are you religious? Do you have uh-huh. a uh like any spirituality?
1: Not at the moment, no. Um, It's actually kind of funny that you say that, because for middle school, I went to a private Christian academy.
0: (gasps) Welcome!
1: So, (laughs) So I was kind of not forced down my throat. I feel like all kids kind of who grew up with Christian parents are always forced to, you know, wear your Sunday dress and go to church and sit there for an hour or two listening to things, but... I feel like when it gets forced down your throat, you kind of don't really want to hear any more of it when you have a choice.
0: Sure. So. No, that, that's totally fair. Um, what, what was it like growing up, though? I mean, oh. growing up or going to a Christian uh, school?
1: It's very... Um, I In a way, I had, like, my favorite songs when I went to, like, church. It would always be, like... They had, like, the cool rock church songs happening, like, in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, like, they make the weird change to, like, such sad songs. And then that's when, like, everyone is, like, standing up with their, like, hands out and, like, praying (laughs) and crying. And I remember when I was younger, I was always sitting there being like, why is my mom crying? Like, what's going on? So that was... An interesting thing to experience at a young age, uh, going to a Christian school, it was kind of like weird where everyone was like, "Oh, like you can't swear, you can't do this, you can't say that," and I, it it was like, but but that's kind of me, like,
3: but mm.
1: um, in my school they had like first thing in the morning was a bible class or scripture class and they every month they handed out these like little papers where it had like a bible scripture on and they basically told you that you had to memorize this guy and then say it at the end of the week and then at the end of the month you had to say all the bible verses you learned that month and then at the end of the year you had to say all the bible verses
0: oh my gosh that
1: whole year and then when you get to 8th grade, you have to recite all the Bible verses you've
0: learned. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we we did that, but it was always a week by week thing. It was never you do this for a week, do this all four of these for a month and do all 8 times 4, whatever the number was. That's uh, wild.
1: I feel like in a way when I think about it, not to say like Christianity is like a cult, but that felt like kind of cult experience. Uh, yeah, or, I
0: can't help but agree.
1: Or, in a way, it kind of just felt like a wrong message of being like, if you just memorize all this and all that, you can call yourself, like, a Christian in a way. Where it's like, here, here's the lines of what you need to do or what you can say for you to mm. be borderline Christian. But I didn't really enjoy that part of my school life. I, I met some cool people there. I, a lot of them, I hate to say, kind of became hypocrites. Um, I've had instances where the girlies there, I would say something and they would be like, Oh, Jesus wouldn't say that. Or be careful what you say, you're going to go to hell for saying that. And then I find out that in high school or whatever, they're doing like drugs. <laughs> and all that so it's kind of like a lot of the popular I guess you would say popular kids from my middle school that were like so hardcore Christian you would say hmm. were the ones that ended up being rebels I guess mm. or just did a whole 180 from what they said back in middle school
2: Jesus wouldn't say fuck but he would love to smoke some coke <laughs> Exactly. Dude,
0: I would love to get high with Jesus.
2: <laughs> Honestly, it probably would be a fun time.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jesus probably wouldn't have mind.
0: Uh-huh. I, have, I have to go. I have to go over to Washington to get weed, but I didn't say that. You guys can you come can.
3: along if you want.
0: <laughs> Jesus takes uh, the wheel, though. Yeah, I don't have to drive. I'm under the influence. <laughs> But did, did you ever struggle, uh, like, with anything in, in school or just in general, like, more oh. than others?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think going from a public school into a private academy, the hmm. curriculum was so different. Uh, I will say that when I was, like, in fourth and fifth grade, my fourth grade teacher was kind of getting bullied by a student. Where the student didn't want to listen to anything that she wanted to say, like, would mock her, would say, like, kind of be the class clown, but in a really bad way, which caused all the students to not really be able to learn. So when I went into fifth grade, I didn't know how to tell time. I didn't know how to multiply, divide, add, subtract fractions. I didn't Mm. really know, like, things that I should have known in fourth grade. So I had to kind of teach myself all that kind of stuff going from that and having to teach myself to a middle school where they were already in algebra one in sixth grade where they were like here's the big textbook like get ready to like learn i just there was there was like a line of like i did not understand anything that they were telling me (laughs) And I'm lucky to have, like, some of my classmates back then who let me, like, copy off of their homework and let me cheat a little bit because they're the reason why I probably passed middle school. And I guess in a way also I will say that um, ADHD is really difficult to deal with, especially uh, in middle school and when you don't understand anything and when you think that you're a lost cause, in a way, to, like, be learning things. I ended up kind of just finding a lot of writing. So instead of sitting there in class not knowing or understanding what they were saying, I sat there, hear, like, their teachings going from one ear out the other and just sitting there writing. And I would just write small little short stories of, like, my classmates and then I uh fighting in like a war like back Mm. in the 1880s or something or (laughs) all of a sudden we had superpowers and i just that's was kind of like my out in middle school and by the end of uh middle school i had this binder like huge binder filled with all the stories i had written over the three years Mm. so
0: you still have that
3: binder
1: Um, I don't. I had taken all the, like, pages out, and I had put them in a box. And I don't know what happened to that box, because I moved. And the biggest fear was the fact that um, my uncle or my stepdad might have accidentally thrown that box out. Uh Uh-oh. So I don't know where that went. But I do have, like, one or two stories still with me that I had put in its own binder or I typed it out on the computer in a Google Doc form because Mm -hmm. I liked those stories the most or they were the most popular ones. Mm -hmm. So I have them saved somewhere, but middle school was most definitely one of the harder parts of just me not being able to comprehend things. And then I was friends with the smartest person in the class. So she did, like she was so great but at the same time I couldn't help but like compare myself to her and my parents as loving and all that as they were they were kind of getting like hard on me too where they mm-hmm. were like why can't you just be as smart as her it can't be mm-hmm. that hard kind of thing
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm like well I just can't comprehend things the same way as she is able to like everything that anyone else can, like, sit in a class and just sit there and listen to boring stuff for an hour. I can't do that. I want to do something that I find interesting. And if they don't make it interesting for me, then I can't pay attention to it.
0: Were you ever able to, like, multitask? Like, you would start writing your stories, but you could also listen? Or, like, something was associated with the class?
1: Um, For me, it was more of, like... I would hear certain words or like a certain question and while I'm writing and I would be able to like understand and I'll be like, oh, I know that question. And then I'd look around to see if anyone else knew the answer to it. And then if no one knew the answer, then I would be like, "Ah, I'm the only one that like knows it. But then other, if other people knew it, then I wouldn't like participate. Mm. I'd be like, uh, everyone else got it. Like, but I guess, like, multitasking back in middle school, it was a bit, like, I would just go back in between where it was like, oh, like, let me do my homework for, like, a minute, and then I'll write for five minutes, and then I'll go do my homework again for another minute, and then I'll go back and write for ten minutes now. And if it, I didn't really learn how to multitask well. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So when you uh, you finally graduated eighth grade, did any of that kind of change for you in high school? Did you maybe have like a different outlook or a different plan for high school?
1: Going into high school, it instead of like you know you get to have some freedom of being able to choose what classes you could go into, mm-hmm. like what your electives are. So. I was, you know, I picked, I picked Japanese and I picked band, but other than that, I wanted to set a goal and I finally knew what I kind of wanted to do in life where I was like, you know, I could be a writer. So if I want to be a writer, then I want to take AP English. So then I was like, oh, so when I get into high school, I'll take the English exam and get into honors English, AP English, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: honors English for the first two years and then AP English for the last two years of high school. But then, when I did do it, I got a letter in the mail basically saying that I had passed my English exam to get into AP English, but they said that because of the fact that I went to a private school and that I had more knowledge than public school students, that they were basically rejecting me so that they could give public school students chairs for English class. So then I kind of went from this all motivated uh, kid of wanting to be a writer to kind of being like, well, that was like my dream. What do I do now? And I was kind of disappointed being like, am I just not smart enough or like, what -hmm. what did I do to kind of deserve or not deserve to go into the class that I wanted to go
2: into? Yeah, that. He's kind of fucked up to do to a kid.
0: Yeah. Especially (laughs) at, like, 15, where we're, like, trying to Mm -hmm. deal with hormones.
2: Hyper-impressionable. and Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I ended up almost failing my freshman English class because I went through kind of, like, a really bad depression, in a way. Mm. I was so unmotivated where I was, like, I just don't want to do English anymore. And... I did end up passing, and uh, the end of the story is that finally, in uh, junior year, when I was picking out what classes to go into for senior year, I was finally able to go into AP English. But, COVID happened.
3: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> not- oh, no! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and not only that, but, um, fun little fact, my stepdad uh, grew up in Maui. The He took the same exact English teacher that I was taking in senior year. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he also barely passed the class because her teaching is kind of bad, I will say. Not to Ah. say, like, all teachers are, like, you know, sometimes it's the teacher's fault for, like, a student not, like, being able to learn, but it's also the student for not wanting Mm -hmm. to learn. But I will say that it was kind of her fault. In a way, Um... and not to point fingers, but I went into the class and learned that all the students that were in her class had been with her since freshman year. Not only that, but a lot of the students dropped out because they didn't want to be in AP English, they didn't want to do another year with her. But I was like, okay, I'm like, this is my dream, this is I finally get to do it, and all that. And then I was kind of met with disappointment where our last kind of, um, our last exam or like final project was that we had to write a research paper. And I sat there and I was like, what the heck is a research paper? I've never been taught how to write one, how to do one and all that. And then she goes on to say, everyone who has been in my class before, you can use the research paper you wrote last year. So oh. <laughs> so as the only person who is new to the class, I just sat there and I was like, well I don't exactly know what to do.
0: And that's, that's crazy. That's <laughs> bullshit.
1: And I was lucky that I had classmates in there who were willing to help me while they were working on their project as well. Like they mm. were like, oh, you you do this, you do that, and I was like, okay, thank you, like thank you for your input and all. I had my sister, my parents, my I had a tutor, my tutor, um, and some of this my classmates read over my research paper, and when I turned it in, I got a sixty-eight percent still. So, and she always was saying how she grades like a college professor. That's how she would always say things was. I'm going to grade like a college professor and all that. So, I was kind of more disappointed on the fact that I didn't get a 69% instead of so a 68%, nice. but you know, I was I barely was able to pass my AP English, which like, oh my god, finally, like, you know, I did it, but I also <laughs> kind of just hated it at the same time, where it was like, oh, this was my this was like 14-year-old MC's dream. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and I finally like did it, but at what cost?
2: <laughs> God, that is such a crazy... I can't imagine what I'd do if I had a teacher say that. You can just use your research paper from last year. Yeah. What? Uh-huh.
1: Like, uh-huh. there were certain, certain instances during the class of like, okay, I need you guys to write like a paragraph of what you think about this character from Beowulf. Mm-hmm. And write it in the structure that I taught you guys how to do last year. Mm-hmm. Or You guys remember what I gave you guys last year and she just kept (laughs) saying last year and I'm like, girl. And you're like, no,
2: no, I fucking don't.
0: Also, I'm offended that she said I'm going to grade like a professor. Professors, from what I understand, hearing from like college friends and even Malcolm, like professors are generally chill. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Or like they want you to pass the class. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So they'll do whatever in their power. Yeah, I had a professor
2: who I was very bad at her class. She would send me emails like, "Hey, this is what you did wrong. Here is how to improve it next time." Yeah, like college professors are fucking chill. She was like
3: the bad <laughs> college
0: professor. She's, a, she's just, yeah, wow. Yeah. Ah. Right?
1: Yeah, she had her favorites because my sister d- tried to get into AP English and she basically told my sister that she wasn't smart enough to.
0: Oh, damn! <laughs> what the
1: fuck? And also to add a little bit more salt onto the wound, she ended up um, retiring after that last year. That's oh
0: so. My God. Oh my gosh!
1: Oh, "Oh." I'm
0: so angry for you.
1: (laughs) And all that happened over COVID. And there were like instances where I was like on the verge of like breaking down. Or I was because I just felt like the world was against me in a way where I was like, God, like, I can't like my I would turn in my homework for English and then I would get it back and it'd be like 40 percent. And I was like, I'm doing it to the best of my capabilities. What is going on? And then she would like ask for me to stay after class on the Google uh, Meets app. And I'd just be sitting there waiting in silence. And then she was like, You know, like, I said this to your stepdad when he was in my class, but you have so much potential. (laughs) And I'm Uh... sitting there and I'm like, Well, you're not helping really. Like, she would. Tell me what I did wrong, but at the same time, not really tell me how to fix it.
2: Uh, She'd say, oh, uh, this is
1: wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And lie. that's it. Uh-huh.
2: And- yeah, well, and this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. You must not know what a research paper is. Yeah!
1: I went <laughs> fucking here last year! <laughs> and, um, what was it? she got really disappointed at me because, uh, I don't know if this is a thing elsewhere, but Usually for AP classes, you would have to take the AP exam at the end of the Mm -hmm. year, but because of COVID, they didn't, it was optional. So for for my English class, I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm ready to take that. Like, I just, I didn't really learn a lot from this class. I don't really think I would be able to apply my knowledge onto an AP exam. And she uh, kind of, like, emailed or talked to me where she was like, you know, I'm kind of disappointed that you're Aww. not taking the, the test. And I'm like, well, I got no knowledge to, you know, really do anything on that test. So I just didn't want to take it and, you know, disappoint you <laughs> any further.
2: Like, I'm so. disappointed because you didn't teach me. <laughs> Is that you're... why you're disappointed?
0: I'm disappointed in you, teacher. Uh huh. Bad <sighs> teacher. Go retire.
3: Yeah, and and she, she did. And she did. Me.
0: <laughs> do you so. still? Do you still write? Though? Um,
1: I every now and then I do. I back in middle school I kind of felt like I wrote everything in a way, as impossible as that sounds. I love fantasy a lot, and I love just kind of, yeah. I just really enjoy writing fantasy. So I felt like I had written everything, or when I would try and write, I think to myself, "What would I like? What can I write that hasn't been been written already?"
3: Mm -hmm. And then
1: nothing really comes into my mind. Big old writer's block. I write for maybe like five minutes, and there have been instances where I like. I like to have my writing read. That's like my whole enjoyment of being able to write is I like to see how people react to it. Mm -hmm. And so when I tried writing recently and I showed it to like my friends here in Washington, they were kind of like, it's okay. And like, you know, you could like do this with it or like, you know, I would have written it like this and I'm like, okay.
2: Everyone's a critic.
1: Yeah. And I'm like, what happened to the enjoyment I miss, like, when I was younger and kids didn't know any better, and they didn't know what physics were in stories, so I could just write anything and they'd believe it.
0: But you gotta, when you you read writing, it's not, you you can't just take it for, like, face value. I mean, I'm just gonna say it, you can't judge a book by its cover or, like, the first few, uh, like, the facts in it. Um it's 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 art in itself, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's one of the I guess I don't really enjoy the fact that I can write well mm-hmm. in a way. I always say where I want it, would rather have traded my ability to write to being able to draw because I have like a lot of images in my mind that I would love to draw, but every single time I try and draw i have having that image of what I want to draw sets high expectations for my ability to be able to draw. So then it's I... like, Oh, I want to draw. And then it's like, I draw it, but then being a, what's it called? A beginner drawer. It looks like shit. So then I get disappointed in it and I don't want to draw anymore.
0: <laughs> I totally get that for, for having two older brothers who are amazing at our, uh, I always thought like, oh, I can do, I can do exactly like my my brothers, and then I start drawing, and I'm like, yes, and I hold it up, and I'm like, this is garbage. Exactly. But
1: or like, because writing is like a art form where you actually have to kind of like, you have to read it compared to a drawing where you just look at it.
0: Right. And- uh- and there's different forms of perception when, you're, when you just see colors or uh, markings on a paper.
1: Yeah. And having to write and you need to have someone sit down and read it for hours on end if you write a book. Like, it takes a lot. Like, it, it's interesting to say because I feel like writing takes a long time to compose. Mm. And then it takes the reader a lot long time to read it compared to a drawing where it takes the artist a long time to draw but then only takes a couple seconds for everyone else to kind of just look at it
0: no that that, that's a good point
1: so then it's like if i could draw and like i always think to myself like oh i could draw like this cool thing or like when i write i think about the characters and i'm like oh if only i could draw the characters and what they look like but then i'm met with my expectations meet reality and then it's kind of just disappointment
0: (laughs) well uh we are getting very kind of close to our time uh we can either ask one more question i think that'd be good for me um i don't want to keep you more than you have to mc I got nothing else. Okay, we we'll just ask uh, one more question. What what's the most impactful moment in your life? Just to kind of wrap it up.
1: Oh shoot, that's a hard question. <laughs> um, I would say that I I guess um I would say like my mom's illness, but. I think a more important that kind of ties into it would be the moment where I lost a lot of like my friends due to relationship drama. Mm-hmm. And it kind of made me like realize... like, after you stop talking to a bunch of your friends, you miss the past and how things were before shit hit the fan. in a way. So after like a lot of uh, me and this uh, girlie, uh, we were dating for a while and then uh, relationship things, abandonment issues, all that kind of piled onto each other and uh, caused a lot of problems in our friend group that the friend group split into two, my side and then her side. And then we ended up all going our own ways. And Mm. only after that was when we kind of, I kind of sit there and I'm like, wow, I, not that I messed up, but I was like, dang, I really missed back then. And, you know, not knowing any better and like being able to like mess around and talk to people. And now I can't talk to certain people anymore because in a way I've lost them. So it's a very impactful thing that happens and it's not like that was the first time it happened but then there's obviously been multiple times that's happened like with my mom where it's like if she didn't wasn't diagnosed with her illness and all that like i wouldn't have been able to kind of enjoy what we had in a way like having the ability to kind of go up and travel or for my Mm. mom to be able to do certain things it kind of like sets you back into reality of like not everything can be perfect all the time. You will have perfect moments but not perfect forever. So, it makes me kind of just enjoy the time that I have with people and
3: all.
0: Yeah. Do you ever think that those relationships that you lost uh like you you don't regret it because if those situations or yeah, situations didn't happen, you wouldn't have been the person you are uh, right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That where sometimes you have to lose people to kind of learn a lesson and to realize that, you know, like if it wasn't for them doing a certain thing, then I wouldn't have known better. Mm. My mom kind of like says the same thing where uh, like, you know, she, before she had divorced my dad, where she was thinking of, like, staying with him, like, you know, it'd be better for the girls if they had, like, both parents. But then it wouldn't be have been good with her, like, for her. And then she kind of, like, the tipping point was the fact that, like, you know, if you're setting an example of, like, what your daughter should be, like, looking for in a relationship, in a way. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird to say, but, like, setting an example of like what you should and shouldn't uh see in like a relationship. And sure being like, yeah, I feel sad about losing those friends and all that, but at the same time, it showed true colors in people and it also like taught me how to be more independent and confident in myself as well. In a way of being like, yo, I shouldn't be like treated like this. I shouldn't be called like this. And you guys may have been my friends, but I need to put like my foot down and mm-hmm. call it when I can't handle things anymore. So it really helps to, like for me to be able to do that now so that older me can be, like, remember those kind of hard moments and be like, hey, you've been in this before. Don't do this again. <laughs> don't say this or don't stick around for this. Mm-hmm. Don't don't put up with this anymore. Like you know what happens if you do try and put up with it. Like you're only hurting yourself now again, like you did in the past. So it's not
2: right. just going to get better.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the, it's those lessons you've you've learned and you've taught yourself. So you wouldn't repeat those same mistakes.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the whole thing with like what history books are supposed to do. They're supposed to like write down what what's happened in history so we don't repeat mistakes again. Which it's kind of we're kind of not, but I think that's like the most impactful is just I guess just life lessons. And take trying to remember that I, I i'm trying to like think <laughs> um not to let things go so easily
0: sure no that, that's a great way to put it yeah perfect even perfect way to just end end today's episode yeah, yeah i think so uh malcolm i'm gonna let you do the housekeeping stuff
2: okay uh well uh, firstly mc we really appreciate your time Yes, uh, so you know who else's time we appreciate? Aww, Nadia shit. Diaz, who made our cover, God. our podcast yeah. cover art. Uh, her yeah. Instagram is artheadcreations, no spaces and no capitals, art at artheadcreations on Instagram. Uh, link should be in the description anyway. Uh, and additionally, Jensen Crawl, who made our intro and our outro song for the podcast. Uh, he has released a demo for his musical not. Knocking on doors for his musical tea time. Uh, very good. Thoroughly recommend it. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh link is in the description. Uh,
0: also send us questions to our email.
2: Yes. Uh, I love it. Waiting Waiting to, four
0: seconds. It's uh, waiting the number four seconds at gmail dot com. Um if you follow me on Facebook or follow me on Instagram uh, you can generally find it in my posts. Uh, you can, if you want to send us an email for questions so we can ask people like MC and future guests, uh, these questions, you don't have to do anything specific. Uh, we'll keep your name anonymous, whatever we need, but um, thank you again, MC for coming and hanging out with us. Thank, and... you,
1: thank you for the invite.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm glad you've enjoyed uh, the the podcast from what you've listened to or from what you've told me so heck yeah um until next time everybody on the shed
2: on the shed